Hello, everyone. Welcome to Classroom Chatter. Um, this week, we'll have a very interesting perspective from uh, prospective teachers on uh, why they became a teacher and what they value out of teachers uh, they've seen and what they you know, dislike and maybe some changes that they would want out of the teachers that they uh, struggled with a little bit. So kind of inter interesting perspectives tonight. Um, we're planning on uh, hearing um, some advice, maybe some actionable advice that we can take into the classroom with us um, even tomorrow, you know, just saying even whether we're virtual or not. And I know currently for myself, uh, we are virtual right now. So uh, I'm excited to, to hear uh, from uh, our students tonight and to hear their perspectives on uh, why they became a teacher and, and everything in between. So uh, if you guys don't mind, you guys just say your first name if you want or your last name and um, also uh, what, uh, where, uh, what level of education you're going into and, um, and why you became, wanted to become a teacher. Um, my name is Ariel Alford, and I'm going into elementary education, and I wanted to become a teacher. I actually hated school when I was growing up. I became a, I fell into learning, well, the love of learning whenever I had my own children. So here I am 12 years after graduating high school, and I have two children and I wanted to just better myself and go back into education. That's awesome. That is awesome. Um, that is a powerful story. Um, very powerful story. We'll probably come back to that. Aaliyah. All right. Uh, hi, my name is Aaliyah Fenimore and I found out that I wanted to go into education in late middle school I had a teacher who realized I had a passion for it and she told me how I could go into it and how I could do it and from there I switched where I wanted to teach first I thought middle school and then by the time I graduated I decided that I was going to do elementary education um I've wanted to teach because I've just had a knack for it all my life and kids for some reason kids and pets love me it's just something that I don't know so yeah I feel like this is a good fit for me awesome awesome so kind of off the top of my head here uh what was probably the first experience that you guys had in regards to maybe thinking yeah maybe teaching something I should you know I actually would be good at it you know I've heard people say that I would be good at it but What's probably your first experience that, you know, click kind of clicked in your mind of saying, yeah, I think, I think I can do this teaching thing. When my six-year-old told me that I'd be an amazing teacher. <laughs> Man, that's powerful there. That is super powerful. For me, um, I actually graduated this year. I'm class of 2020. Um, but my junior year of high school, I went to Ben Franklin Technical School um, in Dunbar. And since I thought I wanted to do education, I did their year-long program in early childhood education. And 
we did a lot of book work and a lot of practice, like education days. And I was like, yeah, I could do this. But the moment that really hit me was when I got to go and work in a kindergarten classroom in March and in May. For two months, I got to work with a classroom full of kids. I was a teaching assistant and I just saw the impact I had on them. And it just solidified that this is where I'm supposed to be. <laughs> Man, that is awesome. I've always kind of said in my head, it might be because I'm a secondary teacher, but I feel like if you can teach kindergarten, if you can teach, you know, simplify things down to their level, I think you could teach anything. Now that's super impressive. Super, super impressive. So, I, you know, I kind of went off the kind of off my script, so to speak. I usually keep a question list, but I'm going to start on our question list here. I, I just wanted to get gain perspective uh, between you two, and I think it's going to be great already. There's been some really, really good nuggets. I loved, Ariel, I loved how uh, you talked about uh, your child saying, you know, how, how they thought that you were going to be a great teacher, and I don't think there would be a higher compliment than that, really. Um, especially uh, as a parent, I don't think there'd be a higher compliment. No, he, he shows me every day that, well, right now with, with COVID, he's in first grade. So not only am I, you know, virtually doing my freshman year at home, I am homeschooling him through West Virginia Learns at home. Mm. so it, it's been a challenge the <laughs> the struggle yeah. is real <laughs> yeah. those words have never been truer but um he shows me every day that it is this is a passion this is a passion and and he he didn't enjoy first grade he did not enjoy first grade. And I don't know if it's the lessons were, were not fun or if they weren't engaging enough, but we have, we have stepped up first grade. And I don't know if it is just a change in, in the environment or if it's a change in the lessons. I always look at his lessons the night before and kind of twist them into my own. <laughs> So it's good practice for me, but um, it gives us a new perspective and I get a little practice. He gets more fun and excitement. So it, it's interesting. It's interesting. And he's, he's thrived in first grade so far. So there's a lot more to come. You're differentiating instruction. And I think that's a piece of teaching that, um, I think in normal times gets overlooked because I think some teachers are trying to push content, content, content. And then sometimes we have to, you know, remember as teachers, we have to pump the brakes a little bit and realize, you know, what is our real purpose? You know, what are we going to see from our students in the future? Well, what I want to see is, you know, 20 years down the line, I want to see if, you know, our student, my students are uh, good uh, husbands and wives and, and, and uh, fathers and mothers, because uh, that that's truly, I mean, your children, or truly your legacy. And uh, oftentimes, um, you know, seeing them thrive is, is probably the greatest reward in the world. So I, I, I'm happy to hear that you're already differentiating instruction uh, to meet his needs and also his interests. Because if you can engage them that way, it's, it's unbelievable how much they'll fall in love with learning. 
but my first question tonight, <laughs> and Ariel, Ariel, you kind of segued into that kind of perfectly. Uh, what has been the key uh, for both of y'all about handling the stress of this pandemic? What would be some tips that you would give listeners? I would say just take it one day at a time, because if you look, for me, it's been like, if I look a month ahead, I start panicking, but I got to remember one day is 24 hours. I got to just focus on that day and be like, this is what I have to do to meet my angle. So if I do these little things every day, I'll meet my angle. And that helps me keep calm in certain situations. That's really good advice there. Very, very good advice. I can 100% agree with that. I mean, <laughs> my house is pure chaos every day. <laughs> and um, I don't know if I, I can even take it one day at a time. I have to take it hour by hour. <laughs> I have two boys. So um, yeah, hour by hour here. But um, patience, 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 patience. That is the only word I can come up with to come up with pandemic and COVID-19 is just patience. It will happen. It is what it is. We just have to reflect. Yeah, that's both uh, great advice especially on, you know, taking things uh, a day at a time. I can't stress this enough with the students I teach. Some of them asked me, you know, what would be some advice with handling this and staying on task? Using a planner is huge. Um, I really like the, the piece that you said, Ariel, about, um, you know, taking it, you know, just an hour at a time. You can even take it one moment at a time. Um, but it's, it sounds like, you know, the key is you guys have found something that works for you both with handling uh, this, the stress of this and you got to add on, you know, school, whether, you, whether you're in it or you're teaching it. I mean, it's just, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's very impressive that you have that because there's a lot of people that, that don't necessarily have those, that skills and that self-awareness. That's huge. That is huge. So I want to go into. Um, Real quickly. I'm back now. Hi. Oh. Hey. Hi. I just want to say patience is key. Um, and I think because of the fact that I'm an educator, it helps me be patient with the teachers, my kids' teachers even more, um, because you can get easily frustrated, you know, as a parent and as an educator. So, you know, being patient with yourself and also being patient on the other end as a parent is extremely important. So I'm happy you pointed that out, Ariel. Excellent. Um... So I guess my next question here, and I think this is probably something that's been itching my brain a little bit, and it's uh, talking about the teachers, reflecting on the kind of teachers that you had, um, because we've all been there. We've all had teachers that we've we've liked better than others, whether we admit it or not. Um, so I want to refer, you know, I want to go towards the negative first, unfortunately. Um, in regards to teachers that um, you didn't particularly enjoy, uh, why was that? What did they do in particularly, and why did you not like it? 
I've had some that, you know, in the past, I mean, it's, it's been a while, <laughs> but I've had some in the past that, you know, they just gave you your assignments and they expected you to do them. They didn't explain the situations. There was no differentiated learning. They expected everyone to learn the same way. And that's just, I don't believe that that's the way yeah, everyone learns in different ways. That's excellent. I can completely agree on that one. When you said a teacher that hasn't done the best job, I immediately thought of the teachers that gave me my assignment and said, it's done this way. You don't do it this way. You're going to fail the assignment. Do it. And I'm like, that's it's, it's not how that works. Every person's going to have a different way of looking at something. And that's the beauty of it. Everybody's going to have a different mindset coming into something. And it's amazing to see how different people will work out different, different problems. So I feel like the teachers who haven't been like, who's, well, teachers who don't differentiate instruction, I feel like that they're missing out on something honestly wonderful. I agree. I really think they are as well. Um, when you differentiate, you just, you can take uh, a student who absolutely hates school, but you could give them, you know, if you differentiate and focus on them and, and focus on others, because it's not, and it's not an easy task. It takes a lot of energy, but it's so worthwhile because you could take that student that doesn't like school and then um, when you engage them, they have a purpose of coming in school and, and hopefully that, that eventually pours into other classes. So that's excellent. Dr. Lewis, I don't know if I, you know, when I had you, I don't know if I asked you this, that question. Um, I'd like to hear your thoughts on that, on, you know, teachers that, you know, what stood out to you that, that you didn't like out of some teachers? That I did not like teachers who were extremely rigid um, as far as student behavior and as far as, you know, as was pointed out previously, as far as assignment completion um, and just not willing to know the different ways that, or see the different ways or recognize the different ways that assignments can be completed. Um, I literally remember in middle school, like asking my mom, can I tell, I, I don't, it was some sort of social studies type, maybe geography or something. But I, I remember asking my mom, can I ask the teacher, can I show the students how to do something? Because they did not understand. And I knew it was like borderline disrespectful. And of course she told me no, but just being so rigid as opposed to, you know, like recognize that students do learn differently. Um, it's, it's very important. She just said something that made me think of something that there's so many um, teachers out there that made me think of this, that when I was in school, didn't know how to react to defiant students, um, like when to react and, you know, methods and strategies on how to diffuse the situations also that just weren't necessary. Um, there's so many, I just did a PDU on this, which just <laughs> made me think of this, but um there's so many strategies out there that, that just 
are so unbelievable. I had no idea that there were so many methods on how to relieve situations with defiant students. So yeah, I think there's a lot of teachers that need those resources also. Absolutely. And I remember working at a school, I'm not going to say which school, um, but just working with students to teach them how to diffuse, which I know is backwards, but the teacher was not open um, to, to my feedback or anyone's. And, and so I taught the students how to diffuse the situation with the teacher. Um, and so as an educator, you know, we'll also be on that end of showing students, if you are working with a more difficult peer or coworker, um, how they can also handle situations with that adult, because in the end, of course, typically the student will get in trouble um, if they aren't more accommodating to whatever the teacher is, you know, as far as her methods go. So that's exactly right. I, I liked how there's a lot of good stuff there from for everyone. Um, and what's awesome, Ariel, I, I was actually in a restaurant picking up dinner tonight and uh, I was talking to someone I knew, we just got started talking about education and eventually I, I kind of made the comment of, there's a, a, you know, a million ways to, to teach something, but it's finding uh, which way works for each class. And just like you said, there's a million ways to, to, to work with defiant students. And, and I think a lot of them are defiant because you probably don't feel like they're, they're heard or they're not getting this, you know, attention at home. Um, so a lot of it's just, you know, when, when someone feels like they, they are heard, I think that that helps them out a ton. I'm not saying that's for everybody, but certainly I think that's uh, for some. And uh, Dr. Lewis, I really liked how you, how you said, how you, uh, you know, if a, if a, you know, say a teacher is, I won't say stubborn, is being stubborn and, and uh, not listening, how you reached out to the students and and help them uh, learn those strategies to, to help them out because you know as a as a baseball coach uh, my goal is to have my job um, be non-existent I want my guys to uh, be their own best coach because you know ultimately for coaching I can't you know I can't swing a bat can't throw a pitch I can't you know defend you know play same thing for teaching I, I think the same thing applies with teaching. You know, you can't take the test for them. <laughs> um, so I think if if I'm, I think if you allow them to be able to teach concepts to you, then man, they're going to understand it completely. But teach it in their own way. This is excellent. Very very good, guys. Um, I want to go on to our next question, which is: so now that we talked, you know, uh, about you know what what, what are some teachers uh, that that you didn't like as much. Um, what did they, what did they do? And from what it sounds like, it was lack of flexibility. It was one way or the highway. It's just trying to cookie cut everyone. So let's hear about the teachers that you did like, that, that you appreciate and always look forward to going to their classroom. For me, these teachers were more than just a teacher. They were a mentor, a friend, a advice giver, always there, whether it was school related or not, you can tell them what's going on and they'll give you the best advice. Um, I had one teacher, my, my, 
I think it was 11th and 12th grade year. Um, I was really struggling in, in the class and I decided to talk to him about it. And after me talking to him, he realized the entire class was having the same struggles I was. And so he completely shifted the course and started for the next month and a half. He taught basic concepts of that class and he caught everyone. He got everyone back to where we needed to be. And he was just always there for questions, concerns, and I know the teachers that made a difference in me gave me conf, like instilled me, instilled in me confidence and like reassurance that I got this and I know what I'm doing. For me, I mean, they're, they're just always there. They're, <laughs> I mean, this is going to sound horrible, but they're never a class you want to miss. They're never a class you want to sleep in on. <laughs> they're, they're witty and they're fun. They make class engaging and they involve all the students. You can laugh and be serious with them. They're your confidant. They make class exciting and thrilling, but they make you love learning. I mean, it's it's just exciting. I mean, I've never loved learning anything. I mean, I hated middle school. <laughs> that sounds horrible. I just did not enjoy middle school and high school. I just did not enjoy it. I mean, I would have been rather have been, you know, hanging out with my girlfriends or something, but my love for learning and my love of reading books didn't pick up until, you know, I became pregnant and had children of my own and really my love of teachers didn't pick up until this semester. And I've had so many teachers this semester that have just made me feel incredible, so welcomed. And I'm thankful to West Virginia State for that. Um, I've been virtual all semester and even via Zoom I've just felt so welcomed and invited all semester. It's been great. I don't think there's a higher uh, compliment you can give a teacher than, than what both of y'all have, have, have said. They're welcoming, they're open. Um, you can talk to them about life. Um, there's so much more um, in the teaching profession, there's so much more in the job description than what the job description says. And as teachers, I think we, we want that. We want to be mentors. We want to be people that leave a, a positive impact in our students' lives. And, you know, I don't know what, I don't know. I really don't know what, what other, <laughs> what other things a teacher would want other than that, because <laughs> I mean, 
it's going to sound awful, but we're definitely not getting in, into it for the money. Um, you know, it, I mean, I wake up every day and <clears throat> I look forward to, to teaching my students because, I mean, they are a constant source of positive energy for me. Even on the weekends when, when Sunday starts hitting, I, you know, I'm pretty excited to see them. I'm ready to go, whether that's virtual or not. Um, I'm very excited to see them every day. Like I know we had today off. Today's Veterans Day, and we had today off. And and tomorrow, I'm I'm really really excited to see them. Since we're virtual, I'm excited to see them on uh, Microsoft Teams. So it'll be it, it's just excellent. That is um, that's awesome. And, and I know for certain, you guys are going to are, are those teachers, and we'll be those teachers that, that leave a positive impact with your students. So let's um, put in the so here's my next step to this question. This is probably uh, the third and last part of this, uh, this three question series here. Um, so if you were to talk to that teacher that you struggled with, what piece of advice would you give them? I would tell them to step back and look at things through a new view. Just take a step back and look at everything you're doing and see how you can improve instead of doing the same thing year after year after year and getting into the groove of doing the same old thing and see where you can improve and maybe make each class, make each class just more specific to the kids you're teaching because this teacher would teach seven periods a day and do the same thing in every period. No differentiating if the class was struggling, just a cookie cutter mold. What I would tell them is adjust the mold a little instead of just stamping the same thing on each class, just adjust the mold a little and they probably would have seen huge improvement. I think instead of giving them advice, I would invite them to a different style of classroom, particularly one that approached a classroom a little differently, maybe one that offered more of a differentiated approach. And then afterwards, ask them what their thoughts are. Maybe, you know, approach the situation like, you know, maybe, you know, we could incorporate some of this, you know, maybe you could incorporate some of this in your classroom. Um, just offer a bit of advice that, you know, like Aaliyah said, that you don't have to, you know, do the same old thing all the time, mixing it up, you know, not every day to start with, but, you know, occasionally could be a good thing. Build up to that. Excellent. And uh, yes, oh, yes, go ahead. I, I would tell the teacher to just not be so serious and to appreciate the differences in students. Um, sometimes, like I remember some of my funnest classes in middle school, like they were when the teachers were more laid back. Um, if we would play a joke, they would laugh along. If a student said something funny, even though it was out of turn, they would laugh. So just take time to like, just relax and enjoy the differences in the students. That's excellent. 
all across the board, excellent advice. And again, it's just, you know, I, I don't think you can, I don't think you can be laid back without being yourself. Uh, and I think students can, can see right through you if you're being inauthentic or you're trying to do, you know, trying to act tough when you really aren't. And, and a lot of students are just going to, unfortunately, just kind of clock out and be like, all right, this guy, you know, he's just, you know, I can't, I can't learn from him because him or her, because, you know, they're just not being themselves. How can I trust them? And, and unfortunately, a lot of our students come to our class, come into our classrooms and, and they do not trust uh, as easy as maybe, you know, years and, and decades past because, Unfortunately, life's a lot harder um, right now than than it ever has been. So, um, also, you know, it just sounds like you guys have said that you know you want teachers who are authentic, who are themselves, and um, create a classroom culture that fits the culture of the class. And flexibility is huge. That's another word that's coming to mind. Um, so, excellent. This is excellent. 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 Um, so, uh, something I always like to ask anyone who's on the show, the question is, um, what is your favorite education theory or philosophy and why? I knew you were going to ask something like this. Yeah, yeah, it's, um. I think it tells a lot about a about a teacher in person, and I know it's it might have caught you off guard a little bit, but it doesn't necessarily have to be, you know, a a, a true philosophy. It could be your philosophy on life or theory on life and, and how you help others. Maslow's hierarchy of needs is big for me. Um, we in my education class, we actually typed up our final uh, philosophy and uh, mission statements yesterday. So that's the one that popped into my head. Maslow's hierarchy of needs, to me, I've seen that from the student side and the teacher side. The person who is trying to learn needs certain things before they are willing and open and ready to learn. And I've seen this in my peers in high school where they've just been tired or they've been really hungry and or like their home situation has been rough lately and they aren't excelling as they would. And I've seen it from the teacher perspective when one of the kids in my kindergarten class and that I was assistant teaching was having a bad day and they, I don't know what had been going on, but I can just tell that they weren't all there that day. So as an educator in my own classroom, when I get there, I'm going to try to make sure that all my students, I'm going to try to make sure I can do whatever I can for them to have their physical and psychological needs cared for so that way they are willing and ready to learn. I couldn't agree more. I can more. totally agree on I can totally agree on that. I think that we are possibly in the same class. <laughs> yes, we are. Um, <laughs> um yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, making sure that 
you know, our kids, our, our students are physically, mentally, and able to learn and are willing to mentally be able to be sound and able to be able, I can't even speak right now, able to be able, able to, oh my goodness, <laughs> and are able to learn correctly and Yeah, that um, it, it's it's so true with with Maslow. I love Maslow. Um, I can't. Um, I, there, there's not a day that goes by that I don't think about all the levels of Maslow, and, and Blooms as well. There's there's so many good theories, so many good theories. But Maslow is something that that has always stood out to me. I also like Webb's depth of knowledge. That's something I, I also incorporate with coaching too oddly enough. Um, but yeah, I, I love, I could talk, I could talk educational theories, um, all day. <laughs> I love them. And I think there's always some new nuggets you can gain out of it. Um, there's a question I have for Dr. Lewis. Um, did your favorite theories, did they ever change or were they, do they always kind of stay the same? I think they kind of switch between like behaviorism and constructivism. Um, but I think constructivism is like my strongest side of the two, the two, um, you know, different views, just because it focuses on background knowledge, which is very important. Um, and I think that we need to make sure that we do focus on background knowledge when we're teaching just to make sure like if students have any misconceptions so that we can make sure that we teach according to the student's needs. So, but it does, it does, it has switched um, and it does switch still, so. I think it's, I think it's kind of class dependent too, because um, as we've talked about here and I come on, one of our themes is you know, differentiating um, to each student and also to each class and everything constantly changing. That's the beauty and the madness behind um, education. There's just, there's a lot of factors into it, but man, it's a lot of fun too. Uh, just figuring out that puzzle of the class and each student. So one question, another question I have here is, um, what is, what do you guys, what do you believe uh, separates a great educator from just a good educator? Now this is kind of tough because you know, how much, what's the difference between good and great. Um, but um, what do you think is the difference between a good educator and a great educator? I think the difference between a good educator and a great educator is the great educator is always, they, they actively listen to the student's suggestions, concerns, they listen to their needs. And from there, they will make improvements and they will justify things and ask the students, how can I make this better for you? How can we, how can we do better? And they will try to do better. And if it doesn't work, they'll go back to the drawing board until they get it just right. I'm sorry, what was the question? I got kicked out. 
It's okay. The question is, what separates a good teacher from a great teacher? Um, I think a great teacher is a great listener. I think a great teacher learns different ways to teach in different ways. Yeah, I like that. It just the listening part is so so important, and I know I brought in probably one of my favorite coaches and teachers that that listens intently to all of his um, to all of his athletes that come in, and, and especially professional athletes too. Uh, and that's Kevin Wilson. I think he was he was our first episode of Classroom Chatter, and, and, it, and I thought listening was so important, especially in the times of a pandemic. Uh, so I love this. You guys are crushing it tonight. This is awesome. I am fired up. Uh, so I have a, you know, a couple more questions here. Um, and this one I always love to hear. What has been your favorite memory in education and why? Like in our education experience or what? Yes, totally, totally. Anything in education, your favorite experience? I think my favorite has been just teaching my son and seeing, well, just, yeah. I mean, I haven't got a chance to teach other children yet, but just seeing him love learning, it's exciting. I've seen him go from not loving it to loving it. And it's so exciting. He hated math and now he loves math. He got to write on his module three assessment discussion to his teacher that we turned stuff into that he got to write the thing that he was most proud of the other day that he was good at math. And he was so excited because he's never been good at math. And he was so excited to write that. <laughs> that I have, oh, I'm sorry. Awesome. Oh, you're fine. I just, I get chill bumps <laughs> hearing that about a student who, you know, in the past didn't particularly like a subject and all they do. I mean, that's just, ah, it's awesome. It's awesome. I have one from the student side and one from the teaching side. So the student side, my favorite memories is with those great teachers who just made the classroom environment a warm, welcome place where you can joke and laugh and the teachers laugh and ride along with you, but you still get your work done and you still have a good time. Those memories to me are the best. And from the teacher side, um, when I was working with that kindergarten class my junior year, uh, we left, we, uh, me and the other girl who was doing, ass doing assistant teaching there, we would leave when our classes went to lunch. And we helped them in the lunchroom a little bit and then we left. And I remember it was probably a week in. I thought the kids still didn't really recognize me. They just thought I was someone new in the classroom. They didn't, they didn't bat an eye. Um, but me and the other girl were walking out of the classroom. 
well, walking out of the cafeteria and I'm just walking out. And then the girl that I'm walking with says, hey, I think one of your kids wants a hug before you go. And I turn around and one of the girls just has her arms open and I didn't even see her. I walked over and I was like, oh, I'm sorry. Did you want a hug? And she did. And I gave her a hug. And then my entire classroom that I thought barely recognized that I was there. I didn't really think I was making a difference. All of them wanted half fives and hugs before I left. And it was just a wow moment. I'm making an impact. They, they have already, they have probably gotten so much out of me in the past two weeks I've been here and I, and I haven't even noticed. And it was just amazing. That's awesome, Ariel. I mean, um, Aaliyah, and not only because of the fact that the students recognized you, but because of the fact that you took the time to turn around and go back, um, as opposed to just leaving and doing your normal schedule. So that, that's really awesome of, of you. The students will remember that. And, uh, and there's just so much that we do that, that they remember and we wouldn't even think about remembering so that's that's awesome both of you guys uh, I can't thank you guys enough um, this is I know we kind of put the ball in your all's court tonight but to me and I know you guys hear it enough <laughs> in your education classes I just know from my experience about reflection but being someone who who is um, full a full-time educator now reflection is man without it I just don't know how you improve and it already sounds like both of you all are already crushing that. Um, I think you know, Dr. Lewis and other professors at, at, in the education department at state, I, I know they're probably super proud um, because of, of, of all the reflection, the quali high quality reflection you're taking. And, and just, you know, I'm, I'm impressed too. Um, I mean, this has been probably, you know, probably been my favorite episode of Classroom Chatter I've done yet because it's just so genuine and honest and, and you guys are going to be so great wherever you guys, whatever school you're at or whatever state you're at, I can take it knowing that both Aaliyah and Ariel are going to be excellent teachers who are going to impact the lives of their students um, every single day, every single year in a positive manner. And um, it's just awesome. I mean, I've had chill bumps tonight from you guys because of just hearing how genuine, how much you love education. And that's what, that's what education needs. We need people who, who love the profession and, and want to be in it. And I know no doubt in my mind that you two are going to crush it. Uh, but my last question that I have, and this is always something that I think benefits listeners and benefits you all uh, as well, is uh, what are some of your favorite learning resources, uh, such as books, podcasts, or websites to continue uh, to improve um, in the education realm? I have actually really enjoyed sharemylesson.com. <laughs> I know it sounds corny because I've had to use them for my PDUs, <laughs> but they're really interesting. <laughs> um, and then I have, well, so this is my first classroom chatter, but I've enjoyed this. <laughs> yeah, that's... um. I think this is either maybe our 10th episode. Um, I'll probably, I'll send Dr. Lewis kind of the, the pod. We're on this, this podcast is on Spotify. I'm trying to think all the other ones. I know we're on Anchor as well. 
but they're on a ton of platforms. So thank goodness the to anger because they'll they'll put your podcast out. And I'm glad you enjoyed it. There's we've had a ton of episodes, um, and I'm so glad you enjoyed it. I have enjoyed these two. I've been to a couple of these, and they're really, really fun. I have also just by doing research for my education class, I found so many interesting websites with so many like different things that I would have never seen before. Um, I think sharemylesson.com is a good one. And um, I just know there's so many websites out there. And what I love as well is like these, these classroom chatters, because it's, it's good to look, to like read websites and read articles and read books, but it's a whole nother thing when you get to hear teachers talking about their experiences, the lessons they've learned and just hearing what they have to share because I can take that and hold on to that. And then when I become a first-year teacher, I can think back to these and be like, that's how that teacher did it. They were teaching for 10 plus years They've had trial and error. Let me try this. And if it doesn't work, I can adjust. And I just think it's amazing. Thank you. I appreciate it. You guys have been excellent. And uh, I know you guys may probably were caught off guard a little bit, you know, putting the ball in, in, in your all's court and having you guys as the guests. But you guys absolutely crushed it. This is probably my favorite episode so far. And we've had some really good guests on. Uh, but I know – with no doubt in my mind that you guys are going to be excellent teachers and you're going to be uh, a ton of students' favorite teachers because you care about them and you want to impact their lives. And again, I, you know, I can't, to me as a teacher in the profession, I can't thank you all enough because that's not, it's not an easy thing to do. It's always easy to, you know, just be that you know, kind of teacher stands in the background, do it for how many periods or blocks of a day and just, you know, just go home but you guys are willing to go out in the spotlight and to truly make an impact on your employees, uh, the administration, uh, your students and your community. And to that, <laughs> I thank you guys for that because that's, that's the energy um, that is truly life-changing to a school, uh, to your peers and to students. Um, and I guess my last piece of advice would be you know, stay curious, keep, keep learning, try to get 1% better every day. Sounds like you guys are certainly doing that. And another thing I want to thank you guys for telling me about share my lesson plan. Uh, I'm going to check that out because that's something I'm going to start using because it sounds like you can learn from others. And uh, I like that. Um, so thank you guys. Thank you. No problem. No problem. So without further ado, guys, um, that is this week's episode of Classroom uh, Chatter. Um, this episode will be up here very, very shortly. Again, I can't thank you all enough. Uh, plan on having another episode next week. And everyone have a good night. Thank you. Thank you. This is fun. Thank you, thank you Dr. Good night. Good night, guys.